Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. When I was in Africa, I was with a couple guys, and uh, we were having to go we had to leave the restaurant and go to the guest house and I was feeling sassy. So I asked him if I could drive the Bajaj. It's called the Bajaj. What is a Bajaj? It's this tiny little car, like super Like a tiny. rickshaw in India. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Okay. Like the little three wheeler things, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. without handlebars actually as a steering wheel Yeah. and it's a manual. And so I was, I got to drive that across the capital of Ethiopia <laughs> to the guest house. And it was real. it was a lot of fun because those things are a blast, but I did pass some police officers. Oh. And they saw that I was like the one and only white boy in (laughs) the capital driving a Bajaj. And they looked at me and I quickly (laughs) sped away. (laughs) And they're like, "Uh, it's not worth it because they're on the foot. They're on foot. They weren't driving. Oh, yeah, yeah. But traffic there is nuts. Yeah. So is it like bumper to bumper and smog and everything else? Yeah. Like they don't have. They have an intersection. They have intersections, obviously, but then they... They're just suggestions, There are, there are traffic lights <laughs> but no that one, are flashing Those are yellow. also suggestions. Yeah. Oh, okay. Literally, it's like you speed up, put yourself in a vulnerable situation, and then you just hope the person yeah. doesn't hit you, and uh-huh. then you just like inch to where you need to go. Mm, yeah. like, that was the method of driving every, with every car everywhere. It was That takes me back. Was, All right, which side of the road they drive on? They, on? It was just like us on the right side. Okay. So that was cool, but they just... The, di- the disregard for any kind of traffic. <laughs> yeah. So in Uganda, it's the other side. They drive on the well, European wrong style. side. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm dying next time I go, I want to rent a car and drive, yeah, my, drive myself around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's awesome. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Testament. My name is Jeff Keck. And I'm Jess Kirchmeyer. And we're here today with Bo Otto. Hello, Bo. Hey, guys. Okay. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? Well, my name is Bo. Um, I sell cars for a living, and I'm 32 years old. I turned 33 pretty soon, so I'm excited about that. It's the age of Jesus, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll become more righteous. <laughs> um, but uh, I have two girls. I actually have three girls, and um, one's li- are, two are living. I had one pass away about two and a half years ago, mm. and um, I'm divorced. I have uh, a good church family called Benchmark Bible up in Denton, Texas, and uh, they're a fundamental Bible church, and uh, I enjoy it a lot. And uh, I used to race dirt bikes a lot, but I don't anymore, and that was a good and fun passion of mine, but now I actually like just enjoying life, working and working out, and then I've, I also want to have... Uh, I guess my new life's ambition would be to be more involved in overseas missions. So hmm. that's something I'm passionate about. But yeah, that's that's the me in a nutshell right now, I guess. So this show is all about sharing our testimonies in Jesus. So if you would give us a little um, a testimony, your testimony about how you found Jesus, what your life was like before you found Jesus, and how He's changed your life since. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, I think my my story is kind of a hot mess, so it's kind of unique and traditional at the same time. 
there wasn't much life I had before Jesus and me knowing him. Um, I was saved as a young person. I think it was like eight years old. And uh, I have it, you know, I think it's kind of common actually is when, you know, your parents just give you the gospel at bedtime and you're like, mm. <laughs> I want that. Yeah. So that was my uh, coming to Jesus moment and just surrendering my, surrendering my life to him. But, uh, you know, there's sanctification, there's growth going on. And um, my family and my parents were, they were saved like right when I was born. And so, and they didn't really have a lot of discipleship because they were just trying to find a good church family uh, back in that time. And, and, you know, they had conviction and, you know, my mom did for sure. And she definitely, you know, shared with me the love of Jesus. And, you know, and I took that and I, I agreed, you know, and I, I knew that that was the way it made sense. I had peace about it. But growing up as an adolescent and uh, young adult, um, I was pursuing the Lord for a time. And then I got married and, uh, you know, I kind of fell away from it. And uh, well, I, let me regress a little bit. I, I got married and then I got educated. And I mm -hmm. think uh, a big part of my life is that I learned a lot about myself when, you know, I took a personality test. I had mentors uh you know, explain things to me about myself. And, you know, they gave me some good input and insight. And uh, the sad thing is that I was, I was saved and I loved the Lord, but then I got smart and I got arrogant mm. and I got um, pious and, and I did get smart and I got trained and then I got trained and it, it fed my ego and it fed my intelligence. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't even view myself as a smart person right now, but like, um, I did know a lot and I had a lot of head knowledge and it, it left my heart. It's weird. It left my heart hmm. and it went to my head and then my heart grew callous and I became, uh, a hard man, you know, and it's something I'm very ashamed of, but, uh, nonetheless, it's my story and it's, uh, really confusing because you know when when you're a son of jesus the comeback king he uh you were always his i was always saved because he's outside of time and we are outside of time because we are gonna have new bodies you know in heaven right and this is a time is a on this side of heaven kind of thing and was i always a son of christ yes i always was but did i lose my way for sure and uh man it has some terrible consequences because of it you know and it, i think my testimony is best illustrated by this uh you know the the movie or you know even the it's not even a movie was it a, a work of art a book uh, <laughs> the it's uh the christmas carol you know it's a mm -hmm. short story right i think it's short I, don't, I would say it's short but like um you know do you, do you guys know that story? You know, a yeah. Christmas Carol, yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge, yeah. you know, all that mm -hmm. whole thing. And you know how he he goes to bed that night and the ghost of Christmas past takes him to the past and his past is shown, shown to him. And, you know, he looks at his past and the whole point of that was for that ghost, a.k.a. angel, whatever you want to say, is that, you know, hey, Ebenezer, you look at this. This is who you are. This is your identity. This is you were a good kid. You were 
a son of the living God. You were a good guy and you were following him and this is who you are. You know, don't forget that. And then it, during the Christmas past, you know, vision, it shows that, you know, but you lost your way. This is who you are, but you lost your way. You, you feared poverty and you worshiped money and it had its natural consequences, right? Like you went off on that trail, you know, you chased the carrot and he lost a fiance or wife. I can't remember. And then, um, and then he just became this jerk that no one liked. Right. And, uh, and then the ghosts of Christmas present showed him, you know, out of body experience, what the world's outlook of him was, you know, and not his own outlook, you know, and then future, this is where you're going. Right. And so like that, that literally is kind of what happened to me. And, uh, it's super, you know, I'm, I'd say <clears throat> I'm super thankful for it because I wouldn't be who I am now. My heart wouldn't be what it is now without these experiences and the chastening of him uh, after my heart and after my mind. And But man, it was painful. <laughs> it is it is painful to be Ebenezer, hmm. you know. And then also was the worst part was being Ebenezer and then seeing yourself as Ebenezer because that's not who you wanted to be ever anyway. But it's where you found yourself. So I think that was uh, my story in a nutshell. But well, I guess that's where I, who I was, who I became. And then through some life circumstances, uh, I remember going on a run one day and I'm married with three kids right now. And uh, I went on a run and I just was just pissed at everybody and that I had a relationship with, right? And I felt misunderstood. I felt massive distress and just the world was not going the way I wanted it to go. And I was just trying to control my life, the outcome. I was chasing the carrot, uh, which would be wealth and prosperity, the American dream, which is kind of the the easiest tool Satan uses to just take down people with my personality type, you know, or, or just any American, honestly, it's so easy. It's just give someone success, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, you think you're, you think you're his kid. You think you're God's kid. Let me just give you some money and see what happens hmm. or success or pride or, you know, let me give you success. Yeah. Success or, you know, something to be proud of and then just watch you fall because <laughs> we're so easily broken with that but um i went on this run back to my run i was i was only gonna run one mile and then i ended up running four and i remember in that run it's like god opened my eyes and i had that ebenezer scrooge dream moment where he showed me oh like this is this is you're looking at everyone's splinters in their eyes but look at this massive log in your eye and in your heart you know and you know, it was, it was, it just was weird because it ripped the callus off my heart and I didn't have a heart before that, but then I finally did. And he just softened it drastically. And I was, a, I was a different man and it's weird. There was no crazy spiritual experience, but I just went on a run and he just kind of had a conversation with me and he just flipped the camera view on myself and worry about you, not others. And it, for sure changed my life. And it led to a lot of repentance and it led to 
some confessions of sins that I had. You know, I was I was unfaithful to my wife at the time, and I I ended up confessing all that to her and hoping to reconcile that, but it didn't work out. And uh, you know, I was I was ethical in my work, but I wasn't ethical with my home life or with my marriage. You know, I had a bad relationship with my daughters. I didn't have a good relationship with my wife at all. And, uh, you know, I was just a basic male, a rogue male. Like I wanted what I wanted and I was hurting and broken throughout that whole time and just coping with things. And, uh, but finally letting go and getting that callus ripped off my heart and just feeling the need to repent and just to, to be right with the Lord and with everyone around you, um, overpowered me. And it, it led to that confession. It led to my repentance and, um, you know, much like the Ebenezer Scrooge moment, like I, I finally had a heart again. Unfortunately, I had so much, uh, consequence and drama and just this epic, you know, avalanche of consequences after that. But, you know, my, my heart was very forever different. It was really interesting. So how old were you on the run? I was 30 years old and uh, 30 years old. Right. Yeah. So, and you were saved at eight. Yeah, so at so some I point it's weird. Cause I, I, through the last two, three years, I wonder, you know, doctrinally, you know, salvifically, I obviously asked the question, was I ever saved? And I believe I was because I think pre me losing my way, I had the same heart and I had the same desire. I desired righteousness. I desired for uh, the Lord to be glorified in everything and with my life. But, you know, I went through a season of selfishness and I just literally lost my way. And I think on this, there was a lot of, you know, even though you're a Christian, you can be a Christian, you can be a born again Christian and suffer and be damaged and have trauma and have psychological issues where you're coping with your pain, you're, you're a hurt person that's not healing, even though you're a safe person. Mm. Um, but through counsel and through wisdom and through, you know, the scriptures revealing things to you, like you can, uh, grow you can grow so you know so yeah how, so I definitely how old were you question. do you think when you started losing all that and going down um how old was i i was i would say 25 all right 26 25 26 ish years old yeah i'm getting somewhere with this um so you just got back from africa mm-hmm. and you just said in the beginning here that you have a desire to continue with international missions, right? Mm-hmm. A lot? Yeah. Okay, so 25 to 30, you're 33 right now, 34, how old? Fix and turn 33. Fix and turn 33. All right, so from eight to 25, you had a, a thirst and a desire for the Lord? Well, no, I wouldn't say eight to 25, I'd say like eight to like 22, okay. 20, 21. Um, and like I said, you know, it's it's, I think uh, there's a lot in America and 
me being somebody that did not have a mature walk with the Lord, you know, you, you can get very easily distracted with, you know, wanting to achieve and, and having your own currency and identity not correct, right? Even though I'm Jesus is my Savior and I'll acknowledge that all day, but is my identity correct? Do I have the right identity? And in, am I living in that? Mm-hmm. Do I have peace that surpasses understanding in my life because I'm walking closely with the Lord? The answer was, I did not have those things except for I knew that Jesus was my only option and my Savior. He was the only logical um, answer to the sin problem. Like there's there's a problem, right? Like what you believe about God and what you believe about yourself are like the most two most important things, I think. And so I believe God is perfect, but if he's perfect, that means he's perfectly just. And if he's perfectly just, the second I was conceived, I deserved hell hmm. because I'm born into sin. I have sin in my DNA, right? Um, that's being perfectly just, but he's also perfectly loving. And then there's me on this side of the, you know, spiritual realm and the creation, right? I'm made in his image, but and I'm definitely sinful, that's for sure. Um, but I'm also loved by him. But if he's perfectly just and also perfectly loving, those things kind of contradict each other. Because then he's, if he's perfectly loving, he's got to forgive me and love me like a son. Um, but but I deserve death. I deserve death. I deserve hell. So the the solution is Jesus, right? So God split Himself up before time. You know, Father, Son, Holy spirit right there's jesus he serves a purpose to satisfy the wrath of my sin um and jesus it's like it's like jesus does the love part and the father does the just part and together it's beautiful and it's how i can reconcile and how i can have a relationship and i can have a relationship with him again you know as i should and so i'll acknowledge that all day and i did then Mm. But was I following? Did I have a close relationship? Did I, did I desire? The, yeah, I guess a better way to say is that did I die to myself and let go of what I wanted, and just follow what He wanted me to do? I did not have that maturity or concept, and yeah. I did, and I was kind of blind to it, honestly. Like, because mm-hmm. you can say all the right things and be doing all the right things, but in my heart, I was still holding on to the life that I wanted. And the things that I wanted, and that led down a dirty path. Yeah, not that I wanted perverse things, right? But it just it it contributes to the hardening of your heart, or it contributes and it and it helps the world damage you because you're not in His will at that moment. The safest place to be is in God's will. So why don't we obey? And why don't we stay in His will? Um. It's because of our flesh. You know, we want, I want this life. I want to buy a camper. I want to make 150000 a year. I want to go do this job and I want to be involved in this, you know, and I want the praise of man right now. So I'm going to do what I think glorifies God. But what about if I just did not do that and simply obeyed with every little act in my life? That yeah. would have been better. So it's been my experience that, um, I mean, obviously the Bible says that Satan runs around the world looking for people to devour. But when he perceives this huge threat, he's going to attack 
even harder and even worse. And I'm looking at, based on what you told us, I'm looking at eight years of Satan being able to derail you, at least eight years, to derail you from whatever God wanted you to do. During that eight years, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, no, so I like, like, imagine if you'd, if you'd really pursued the passion of international missions and stuff eight years ago. Where would you be today? How, much, how many lives would be changed today because of that? So anytime I've ever started anything, like we, you know, I started years ago, we started an adult Sunday school class at my old church. And I told them first thing, first day, Satan's going to attack, but we need to recognize those attacks when they happen. Because yeah. you recognize those attacks when they happen, you can fight against them. Yeah, there's some wisdom and discernment there for sure. Um, I like you saying that because it makes me feel good, but I hate you saying that because it makes me feel good. It makes me, I have to fight every option of pride, or not option, every ounce of pride that could come in. Cause like pride is my biggest problem mm. and it, it sucks. Like I hate it. And I don't, I want to be the guy that walks in the room and it's like, Hey, Jess, what's going on with you? Like, I want you to be built up and feel good and. Um, let's focus on you. Like, this isn't about me. This is about Jesus and you. Like, and, and I want, I want every breath that I breathe to glorify him. And I want every step that I take, every breath that I make and every action that I take, like to literally glorify him. And so it's not about me. I want to have that calm, my, my heart. I want my heart to be like, the book of Habakkuk, right? And I don't, did not say that right. Habakkuk? <laughs> Is it Habakkuk? How do you say it? Uh, Sounds good to me. Yeah, I would say Habakkuk. Habakkuk? I've heard people Habakkuk. say Habakkuk. Mm -hmm. Anyways, the whole book is like a conversation between this prophet and God. And the prophet is pissed at God because he's like, God, we're getting kicked in the pants as a nation right now. Like, what are you doing? And then throughout the conversation, God's like, I got this, man. I'm moving nations around. I'm setting it up really nice for y'all. You need to chill. I'm going to be glorified and you're going to be okay. And he's like, the cuss we are. Like, look at this. You know? yeah. And this conversation is comical, but like at the beginning of the conversation, Habakkuk's view of man and himself and his nation is pretty high. And then God's just right above it. But at the end of the conversation, God's, his view of God is way up in heaven and his view of mankind is just way down low, below dirt. And it's that's called that glorifies God, like mm. it's doxological, like you hear the him the, the doxology, right? It, it's, it glorifies God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. You know, it's that whole conversation was doxological and I want my life to be doxological. I don't want to be glorified, I want him to be. And for me to like, I, that's why I said, I mean, I think you're right and you're for sure right. And I would be telling Jess this same, the same thing. I don't think that's, ill counsel at all like i agree with it but like i gotta watch out when i when i think highly of myself at all like who am i that satan needs to take down you know <laughs> yeah but what, you know what we don't realize is, is satan's been around since the beginning as well yeah right so he's had thousands of years of experience with humans yeah he knows the buttons to push yeah on every personality that's out there he's yeah. got the experience and the knowledge and it's just it's easy for him to to do that so um, you know, it's, it's like, it's like any of us who've ever been trained and, you know, whatever skill we have, we're really, really good at that. Mm -hmm. He's, he's an expert in people. Yeah. Uh, he, but, he, he knows what he's doing. That's for sure. And he knows how to trip me up. He knows how to trip Jess up. He knows mm -hmm. how to trip you up and he'll do, he'll do what he can. But 
And I think, you know, having wisdom and discernment and having good counsel around you, have people that speak into your life, that faithful people, that people that, one, they they love Jesus, they love his word, and they understand his word, and that they don't have that much in your life invested so they can speak frankly to your life. They can be like, hey, Bo, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. What are you doing? Can you believe you just said that? Like, I've had people say that to me, like, mm-hmm. and I'm just having coffee with a mentor. And he's like, do you listen to yourself? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not what I meant. But yeah, that was disgusting. Like, I, I need that in my life. And I think we all do, whether it be some, you know, everybody's in a different situation, right? Some people need to hear that, you know, you're being a really crappy Christian right now, like terrible. And then some people need to be reassured of their faith. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, you you are a beloved son, you know, of the comeback king. He's got you, you know. Some people need to hear different things. And mm-hmm. it's very wise to have somebody in your life and multiple people in your life speaking truth and making sure they're the right people, honestly. You know, I think there's a proverb. No, I know there's a proverb somewhere. Somewhere in the book of Proverbs. <laughs> it says, you know, a man with many counselors sees victory. Yeah. You know, you need to have many counselors and you're foolish to not. There's a lot of Proverbs that seek wisdom and, you know. Yeah, yeah. you know what's funny? I... I love the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. I loved it, and I still do. But like past tense, that was my jam. And I did not identify with anything in the book of Psalms mm. until after my repentance. Mm. After I was a prodigal son and came back, mm-hmm. I love Psalms now. Like I can't get enough. But before, I could, I'd read it and be like, eh, whatever. This is some <laughs> yeah. dumb poem. Like yeah. what the heck? Like... <laughs> This guy that's got a lot of feelings, I don't know what to do with that, so I'm going to not read that. (laughs) Let's read some facts. Like I was like reading Old Testament stuff and Proverbs all day, but like, but now I literally I go to bed every night listening to Psalms. Like it's my jam. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay, Bo. Let's. uh, So if you got a stranger in front of you, they don't want to hear a lot of what you have to say. They only want three words. You only get a chance to tell them three words. One, two, three. That characterized your relationship with the Lord. Characterize your relationship. Wow, with in the Lord. three words. In That's three words. Insane. I need three hours. What are you talking? about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Three words. I'm gonna say fills my cup. Mm. He fills my cup. Oh. I'm not empty anymore. Yeah. I'm full. I've, yeah, he fills my cup. Is your cup full? That's like 11 words, I think. Or no, stop. <laughs> well, I was thinking like three different words. I'd like how you like put he, all three together. Yeah, he fills. Wait, That's crap. That's four. four words. <laughs> okay. You said fills my cup. Yeah, yeah. fills my cup. Let's just yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I meant. Are you looking for like verbs, three verbs I, that describe? However you want to do it. I was thinking like Listen. characteristics, but or like, yeah, or descriptions but I yeah that's degree, fine too but i don't know how i got it no you're good <laughs> i like how you that was not what i was expecting yeah so very nice fills my cup uh, that's for sure that's awesome so and you, then i would follow up ask question is your cup full <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome so um you mentioned earlier you did a lot of dirt biking describe how god has used this unique skill to minister to others through you well 
I don't know. <laughs> you could talk to a lot of people and <laughs> they would have a different opinion of that being a skill of mine, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say it, I was very blessed growing up. I'm dad, you know, he was smart. He was like, Bo, I'm going to keep you away from girls. We're going to ride dirt bikes. And the second you get a girlfriend, we're all stopping. <laughs> so it, it was good. He was, he was a good dad and he definitely provided that for me. And I have had that really, you know, it's just, I'm still taken back by the amount of blessing I had growing up. And, uh, uh, that led to me being okay at racing dirt bikes. And, you know, I think a lot of some kids look, I was just, honestly, I wasn't that good at all. It was just, I was the best guy around and it wasn't like I was really good though. But, uh, a lot of kids thought I was cool, but sort, sort of not. I don't know. Like, I didn't really use it that much to expand God's kingdom on earth. I mean, I there was that time that you were like helping with the youth at yeah, Torn and pouring into kids every Saturday night yeah. there. You know, yeah. there was that whole thing. I did do that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's just being a part of the body and then going there. I don't think just my, I, don't, I wouldn't connect that necessarily with dirt biking. That's just because I was there. Um, but, you know, it did open doors. I had, this is really cool, I guess I could share, you know, because I was good at it, um, I had the privilege to train some kids. And uh, I, through that relationship, I mean, like for a couple of years, like I'm just developing this person to be, like our goal was to make him fast. And so his dad paid me a lot of money to make this kid fast. And so I got to, you know, be with him weekly right and then a part of my training like we went through the bible together like not the whole bible but like that was my goal we like read a proverb and then we went and motoed and then we just talked about things and talked about life and money and how to manage things well how to be a good steward with your skills how to be a good steward with your body and with your mind and you know you know you are what you eat you are what you input with what you watch on tv you are with you know everything so that was cool and i think that that was God glorifying in that moment and in that season. So that was, I guess, I think that was the coolest thing I did on a dirt bike. The fun question. If I were to give you $100,000 tomorrow, you had no rules. Why not today? Or today. Let's say today. Well, I mean, it's like 8 o'clock, so, you know. <laughs> if I were to give you $100,000 right now, and you had no rules on what you could do with it. Wow. How would you spend it? I want to know what everyone's answer to this is, and then I'll answer my answer. Oh, we don't <laughs> ask everybody everyone. gets this question. Yeah. Wow, wow, that's interesting. Sometimes I ask if you get a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, that's a real conversation. Why, 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 Jess, why are you only give me a hundred? Yeah. <laughs> it's because we gave the other guy a million. That's wow. all we got left. Wow, is this real? No. Um, I think that, man, my answer is so not sexy. It would just be really boring. Like, I would probably just save it and buy use it to buy a house. Mm. I love real estate, so. So what if it was a million? I'd buy a couple houses. <laughs> <laughs> I would not go to Vegas. I was in Vegas recently, by the way, and it was terrible. I didn't like it at all. But it was a layover. Mm. <laughs> I missed my flight. It was <laughs> so bad. Mm. Yeah. All right, so um, we like to end the episodes with just some fun, lighthearted stuff. Um, just let us laugh a little bit. So I thought it would be really fun. Sorry, don't look at my phone. Y'all can't see. 
I thought it would be really fun to. Um, oh, you can't be Googling. Oh, I can't look up. No, you can't be Googling while we're playing. <laughs> so um, we're going to do where in the Bible. And so basically I'm going to read a Bible verse and they're going to be completely random, weird oh, Bible verses. This is such a Baptist game. If that verse is actually in there like four different places, does any of those places count? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. But I'm not going to ask for the exact reference. Just get the book. Okay. That's all I need is the book. Let's go. Okay, so. But see, Jesus works. quotes a lot of Old Testament, too, so it could be yeah. in the New Testament uh, or in the Old Jesus Testament. Jesus doesn't, he's not quoting any no. of these. Hold <laughs> up. Okay, the all first one, this is a favorite of our family. Their rims were high and awesome, and all four rims were full of eyes all around. Revelation. Boom. Are you guessing, too? Are you playing? Uh, am I supposed to be playing? I don't know. You usually play yeah, these games. I don't know, I'm just going to say Genesis for every answer, and one <laughs> of them is going to be right. No, you're both wrong. What? It, it was Ezekiel 118. Uh, I could have... No. <laughs> I'm sure it's in Genesis somewhere. There, that would be your family's favorite verse. About rims. Okay. This one makes me laugh. I'll see if I can get through it. Very well, he replied. I allow you cow's dung in place of human excrement. Bake your bread on that. <laughs> it's even better when you say it like that. Bake bread on that. It's like that's like that phrase. Put that pipe. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Break your bread. I'm gonna go with Genesis. Man, uh, God, it could be could be Exodus, Leviticus. Could be. Man. I think it's like in Samuel or something. No, it was also one of the Samuels. It was also Ezekiel. What? But I'm gonna start choosing Ezekiel. No, that was all. That was all the Ezekiels we got. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Bake that. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout oh. is a beautiful woman who shows no See, discretion. This is, this is easy because I have daughters, right? So, like, I got to teach them to be modest. <laughs> modest is hottest, right? So oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're not going to discuss that on here. <laughs> this is definitely a proverb. Yeah, it's definitely a proverb. I love that verse. That's, I choose Proverbs then. It okay, means a lot job. if you think about it. I like it. Mm. Okay. These people are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. Ooh. Axe. Yeah, that's Axe. Yeah, it's Axe. Yeah. <laughs> good job, good job. Nice. I was not going to go there originally. Okay, three more. Refresh me with apples, sustain me with raisin cakes, for I am lovesick. Oh, snap. Oh, my gosh. So, are you giggling it? Yeah, what, what do you have your phone out for? No, 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 for? I'm not giggling it. I'm just, I'm just playing with my phone. No, this is <laughs> hilarious because I'll always remember this because when I was a teenager, I listened to the Song of Solomon from Tommy Nelson. Shout out. He, you know, does anybody know who Tommy no. Nelson is? He, he kind of went around the country uh, uh, having these Song of Solomon conferences. He taught the book of Song of Solomon, love, se love sex, romance, dating marriage stuff like that nice and that was in there raisin cakes wasn't it yeah is it song of solomon? yeah it's song of solomon you're I right mean, that's where i learned about raisin cakes <laughs> <laughs> all right all right a feast is made for laughter wine makes life merry and money is the answer for everything that's ecclesiastes uh not in the bible <laughs> <laughs> no it is ecclesiastes yeah <laughs> It's like the opposite of Ecclesiastes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one, and I'm going to omit the name 
um, of this one. I think that'll give it away. Yeah. He said to him, let me gulp some. Hold on. I have to start over. (laughs) Gulping gulping in the Bible. He said to him, let me gulp down some of that red stuff. I'm starving. That's Samson, man. That's judges. That guy was a party partier. (laughs) Yeah. Or... Or Noah. Mm. What? No. <laughs> I'm thinking the wedding feast, maybe. Ooh. So that would be. That's not a could book be any of, of the, the Bible. Gospels. Could be any of the Gospels. <laughs> See, yeah, that'd be bad. Time. Yeah, you only need Gospels. You should have stuck with your original answer because it's Genesis. Uh, he oh, said to Jacob. Genesis. I knew oh, that. Let Jacob. me gulp down some of that red stuff. Uh, I'm starving. Oh, yeah. The stew. Yeah. The stew. Yeah. Yeah. The stew. I was thinking. I'm trying to figure out why this guy's thinking wine. starving and wanting drink. There you go. Yeah. There's your fun well, part of, Bible you know. tidbits. Uh, favorite scripture, Bo. Could be a verse. Could be a book. Could be a story. Anything that really just kind of comes back and, and touches your heart time and time again from, from the Lord's word. Um. Well, I love the book of Psalms, <clears throat> but I think my life verse currently would be uh, the last two verses in Jude. Uh, it's it's kind of like the ultimate amen, and it speaks to the sinner's life, which is all of us, right? Like, we need Jesus so bad. And uh, it's Jude 24, 25. There's only one chapter in Jude, so it's, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before the, his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all age, now and forever. Amen. Mic drop. Boom. Mm-hmm. I love that because to him who is able to Jesus who is able. He is able to take my sin away and to present me to the Father, pure and holy with great joy. And it's just like, I can, I just can imagine everybody like in heaven just raising our glass to that, to him who is able that, that did that for us, you know? And so that, I love that verse. I think I should get that tatted on my back. <laughs> Tattoos. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Though. Do you have any tattoos yet? I do not. See, so I would get one if I found the perfect one I could live with the rest of my life. See, I think that's the only one for me right now. Mm. <laughs> right now, right now. <laughs> <laughs> can you get a tattoo of a scratch out of a new one? A new one below uh, it. This is the whole Book of Romans on my back, please. Do you see that meme on Instagram where they're like highlighting the entire Book of Romans? Yeah. <laughs> Just a constant highlight. It's so good. <laughs> I can't stop memeing. <laughs> All right, Bo, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate your testimony, sir. It was a privilege. Folks, if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, you can go to shockwaveministries.com and you can click on the Gospel Message tab there. You will find the Roman Road and some other references and resources that we've pulled out of different episodes um, in this podcast that will help you along the way of learning who Jesus is and growing in your faith with Him as well. You can also click the Testament tab. In the Testament tab, you'll see a microphone. If you click that microphone, you can find all of our podcast episodes that we've launched already. But the website under the Testament tab will also tell you some upcoming episodes we have as well. So folks, I appreciate you listening. Thanks for coming. Bye. Um, so it's it's not... Imp- well, I'm, I don't even know what I'm trying to say now. That's going to be a blooper. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not>. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs>
I'm you know say, world. <laughs> yeah, I'm hitting, I'm hitting the microphone. You got anything else over here? Nope. You ask me every time. Golly. <laughs> Have your kids started school yet? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow. I just dropped them off, actually, so. Oh. At school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went ahead and dropped them tonight. They're in a tent. <laughs> it's like a sleepover before the first it's day. It's Hogwarts it's for like, kids in Burleson. It's like Black Friday. <laughs> They're camping out by the front door. Waiting for it to open. Listen, I gotta sleep in. Remember, I don't have to go to work till ten. <laughs> I'm gonna drop you off right now. Here's your toothbrush. Good luck. Don't forget to brush your teeth. Can I do this? Is that okay? Background be, noises are good. Though. It'll be in the blooper. Oh yeah, we are recording. I think I think that's the way. <laughs>